So welcome back to Runners on Trail, the trail running podcast by Pat Runners. For Pat Runners, my name's Thane. And I'm Anthony. And this is the eighth and final episode of our Cape Roth Ultra series. Hooray! What do you mean hooray? <laughs> I'm sure it's going to have been enlightening and lovely for everybody. <laughs> so for everyone other than Thane, we went 25 kilometres from Kinloch Burby to the famous lighthouse at Cape Roth. Well, good morning, and we are off and rolling on the last stage of the Cape Roth Ultra. As per usual, it's been raining a bit. I'm in full waterproofs and walking up a road. We've got a little bit on road. Most of it is pathless, boggy, the famous beach, but there's loads of time to get it done cut off at five o'clock today and I had a starting slot of eight o'clock to eight fifteen this morning the way they do the starting slots is fastest 15 in the first 15 minutes then the next 15 in the next 15 minutes and so on and so on to spread out the arrivals at the lighthouse so they can bus everyone away and get them ferried to the camp so I was 67th overall at the end of yesterday which is just fine. <clears throat> this has never been about go as fast as possible. It's about trying to enjoy it as much as possible. The countryside here is beautiful, but rugged and hostile as well. And I think we've really experienced that over this week. I asked Shane Oley, the race organizer, to describe the Cape Roth Ultra in three words. And clearly referring to this year, he said, wet, wild and windy. And he's not wrong. Right. Going to put this away, get my poles polling again and get to that lighthouse. What a journey. So welcome back to episode eight of our Cape Roth Ultra series. And we're going to talk about the final day and a few other bits and pieces. So I woke up on day eight and immediately realized that something wasn't right. Mm-hmm. And the shin splints that I'd had on day six and that I got through day seven with were now really painful. And the blister that I thought I had on my heel that I couldn't see was really painful. Mm-hmm. So I taped up the back of my heel and decided for that day that I'd switch back to my ultras because they're a softer shoe. And I wondered whether the back of the shoe of my Brooks was just going to be rubbing. So I switched back to my lone, ultra lone peaks. Uh, went for breakfast, hobbled around the camp, went in to see the medic because it was still, the, the feeling of this blister on the back of my heel was horrendous. And I went to see the medics and showed them the tape job I'd done. And they went, there's nothing more we can do for that. You've done yeah. everything you can. Uh, okay, I'll um, put up with that then. Now on day eight on the Cape Roth Ultra this year, they tried something new. On all the other days, Slowest runners go out first, fastest runners go out last. But when you get to Cape Roth and the lighthouse, you then have to get away from Cape Roth and the lighthouse. And the way they do that is put you into minibuses and bus you about 12 miles mm-hmm. to a little cove where there's a ferry. And the ferry can hold 12 people. Okay. So what they decided to do this year was to reverse the start order. 
yeah, fastest first, slowest last, to spread the field out, to get everyone to the ferry and not have to sit there in a mass group. And I think their thought was, if it's hammering it down with rain, it'll yeah, be a yeah. nightmare. Yeah. I headed off out of camp and was immediately just in agony with my heel, but was just, but there's no way I'm stopping now. There is no way I'm not doing this. I think ultimately, and having chatted to a few people and seen a few people since, um, it wasn't a blister at all. It yeah. was Achilles tendonitis. Mm-hmm. And that had just built up, like the shin splints, from, I could say a lack of training. I trained quite a lot, but you can't train for 250 miles in no, a week. No, no, or rather, no. you yeah. can't do 250 miles in a week for training yeah. and get your body acclimatised to that. Yeah. And some people will get through it with the amount of mileage they've done. And I did, but just battered. The thing I had noticed was that I'd said right at the very beginning, I'd love to finish in under 75 hours. Yeah. And they had all the cumulative times up before you started that day. I don't know if they'd done it every day, but I hadn't really paid any attention to it anyway. And I realised that if I finished in five hours, I'd go under 75 hours. Right. Game on. Well, I started walking down the road. I think, oh, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. And I walked to the first checkpoint. And I can remember just thinking to myself, really? You know it bothers you. <laughs> just, just get on and get it done. Just start running. And I started running and shuffling, and it was painful. But actually, weirdly, once I started moving, the shins yeah, didn't yeah. feel quite so bad. Yeah. And the heel didn't feel quite so bad. Yeah. Well, those shins are going to hurt even if you're just walking. Well, aren't they? and so, it's less steps probably if you're yeah, running. Yeah. And the endorphins, I guess, probably start to pump through you a bit more. Yeah. So I went, ran along, and you get to the beach, which if any of you watch the um, Kate Roth Ultra videos, you'll see the big long beach everyone goes across. And in all of the videos, it's beautifully sunny and people have a lovely day. And it was howling, wet and windy, funny old thing on this day. Uh, but you had a few photos taken. I did some snow angels in the sand, sand angels, I guess. Uh, and then, yeah, it's just a case of more of the same terrain. Mm-hmm. And what I really was seeing now, uh, which I had experienced, but really it was obvious this day, was just how slow I was on the ascents compared to everyone else. Yeah, I had nothing left. And I get to the tops and I'd run and I'd be quite fast relatively on the descents. But there is a bit that I've had to learn that I've just not done enough uphill training. You know, it's the thing that makes me realise that Dragon's Back would not be for me. Because Dragon's Back's the same distance in less days with even more climbing. Right. And I, you know, know your limits. Most of that on Dragon's Back, I think, is in the first few days, isn't it? Yeah. So I think you need to know your limits, know what works for you. And, and I think Dragon's Bank is probably just a step too far for me. One other thing that had happened to me, and to quite a few people, and the, I asked the medics about it just as an aside when I was in there seeing them about my shin splints, was my face had really swelled up. Yeah, I noticed that from because I saw your footage because they were putting videos out. And, and before, yeah, we noticed that on the footage, I think it was on the end of day... Yeah, well, beginning of day seven, beginning yeah. of day seven, they, they chatted to me. And I'm on the video for the beginning of day seven. Yeah. And my face, you yeah, look it back at it, yeah, looks, yeah, it looks almost yeah. like I've been stung by something. Yeah, yeah, it does. Yeah. But I wasn't the only one. There were lots of them. And they said it was interesting because no one knew why. Mm-hmm. And they had no real reason of knowing why it was. Yeah, but that was that really. And it did go down once I came home. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Um, I've seen some stuff from people online who've talked about down allergies and things like that. But I used a down duvet at home, so I couldn't... Yeah work out why that would be the case yeah. whether there's something when you're camping i don't know maybe maybe it's something to do with flame retardants on tents or something i don't know i mean i've never slept in a tent for eight days before i don't think so I don't know. who knows yeah anyway 
Uh, how how long was day eight? Sorry, you can't Sorry day five eight. Hours, but... Yeah, is um. Well, you, you wanted to do it. In yeah, five fifteen, hours. sixteen miles, twenty five k, twenty five k, twenty five, twenty six k. So yeah, yeah. So five hours yeah, should, should be doable. Five k yeah, an hour. Yeah, okay. You know, even if you're walking, I should this have been. Is the a... shortest day, isn't it? Apart Absolutely. From day one. No, this is the shortest day. Short day. Yeah, and I think the cutoff on this day was five o'clock in the afternoon. I'm going to say. Oh, so you had like... So I had nine hours to oh, do it. Oh, croaky. Yeah, but yeah. remembering that the slower people, and the people yeah. who were really struggling, were going to start last. Yeah, yeah. And the cutoff yeah. was the same for everybody. Yeah, Five yeah. o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah. And so I plodded on, on my own most of the day, yeah. saying hi to a few people. Exactly the same people. I think I bumped into Holly and Anna and Nicole. Yeah. And eventually got to the road section that leads to the Cape Wolf Lighthouse. And I could just remember turning the corner and seeing it and going, yeah. Mm. but realising that as we said in the last episode I'd had my big emotional moment yeah. on the road into day 7 because I'd kind of always known I'd make the end of day 8 the only bit that was getting me on the end of day 8 was had I done it in under 5 hours to yeah, make that yeah. time which I had done and that was great finished there they take your photos and then you get I think it was a free sandwich crisps and a drink in the cafe yeah, which is fantastic <laughs> and then there's minibuses as I said going down to the ferry yeah. and so I literally leapt onto the first minibus I could. I think I still had my sandwiches and crisps <laughs> in my hand on a plate and just when I'm getting on the bus and headed off down to the coast and I cross on the ferry and then they make you walk to the camp, which mm. is about a mile and it's just oh, it's, it's the biggest torture ever. <laughs> Honestly it was the biggest torture ever to walk back that mile, but it's fine. You get to the camp and they laid out a bar uh, which they didn't open till later on in the afternoon, that I do remember. But there was nowhere to shower. Mm-hmm. If it's sunny, a lot of people go and swim in the sea lock. Yeah, but no weather was like yeah, yeah. been for the rest of the week. So we just sat around chatting to people. Really, it was lovely. But what became apparent was that one or two of the people that had started at the end were right up against it. Yeah, and then they started to become this sort of spectator thing of people stood around the screens watching the moving dots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I ended up chatting to Graham, the deputy race director when the last person was about a mile and a half from Cape, the lighthouse, and it was obvious they, were, they should make it now. Yeah. And I said to him, are you worried he's not going to make it? And he went, no. He said, but a couple of hours ago I was. <laughs> and I think they would have had to have had a very good hard look at themselves for starting the slowest people off last and then yeah. cutting them off and failing for failing to make a cut off. been really harsh. Yeah. And so I don't know what they're going to do next time. But I hope they do something different. My view is it's the one day where they can have a rolling cutoff. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that the people finishing, you know, if you're starting last, your cutoff is later than the people starting first. Yeah, at least make it the same time for everyone, maybe. Yeah, because the people starting first did not need, no. if it was 10 hours that they had to do it in, no. they were all done in two and a half. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I hope they get that right this year yeah I think I felt they hadn't got it right this year although of course in the end it did all work out it did work, so but, but it was really close yeah yeah um, really really close yeah and then afterwards there's a in that evening they, they open the bar it's haggis mm-hmm. neeps and tatties all vegan banned uh, and in the same way as I forget there's a the film with Ryan Reynolds in it where the bloke who's the local store manager is also the local stripper and everything else. <laughs> the um the bloke who the bloke who'd been the ferry driver that day was the drummer in the band. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, seen you before somewhere today. <laughs> and uh, and then they hand the medals out. Yeah. Which is nice. Um, you walk up one at a time, lots of clapping, medal. So there were people who got cut earlier in the race who were able to 
still do the race on a daily basis yeah. and get a kind of a completers, you know, not not having finished the race, but having completed the distance type thing. Uh, how did all that work out? Because certainly it was very apparent when you're watching the last day that there were people, you know, there were two colours of dots and stuff like this. Yeah. And, and so those the non-competitive people were allowed to do the whole last day. Yeah. But it was for personal glory only. They get nothing. Yeah. Now, next year, they've changed it. And as long as you run a bit of each day, mm-hmm. you're going to get some kind of separate prize. Okay. And you sign up for the full race. It's the same fee. But yeah. from the first day, you can run bits if you want. Yeah. You don't have to wait to get cut to do that. Yeah. And you can also go back in once you've had a, a day where you run a short day, go back into running full days. But unless you run all the full days, yes. you don't complete the Cape Wrath Ultra. Yes. And get the medal. You get, I think it's the Cape Wrath Explorer or right. something they're calling it. Okay. Yeah. So you've experienced the Cape Wrath yeah, route, yeah, yeah, but yeah. not actually done the full distance for it. Yeah. And I think, as we've said before, I think that's a good thing. Yeah. And I think it's because it, it's you know, understandably quite an expensive race to go into. I think having that feels justified. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Absolutely, I do. And then the next day, they put you on buses and take you either to Inverness, which is what I did, and stayed for a day because the timing of the bus arriving and the flight was possibly going to work, possibly not going to work. Okay. Would it have worked? Too close to call. Yeah, too close to call. Mm. And, and it was much nicer to just... I booked into the, the local youth hostel. Yeah. And was there a few of you that did that? A couple of us that did that, yeah. yeah. And then I flew home the next day. It was an amusing bit. When you go to Inverness Airport, they pick people up for random bag searches, mm. full bag searches. And one of the guys I was coming back with said he went to um, have his bag open. And he went, you're not going to enjoy opening that. <laughs> and the bloke turned around and said, oh, it can't be as bad as last week. We had these people who dropped out this race and I oh, opened yeah. their bags. And, he, and the other guy just went... Yeah, I just did the full race, mate. He's like, oh, God. <laughs> so his bag absolutely stank when they opened it up. So should we do the quiz? We should do the quiz. Cape Wrath Ultra, distance, terrain. So it's 250 miles, and you go from Fort William, which is effectively the bottom of Ben Nevis, to Cape Roth, which is the northwest tip of Scotland. And the terrain is totally mixed from tarmac to dirt track to trackless bog and lots and lots of river crossings. Best bit? I'm going to say the best bit for me was the ability to totally focus on one simple thing for a week, which is running and eating and sleeping and not having to focus about all the other stuff that comes along in life. And I found that really quite meditative. And it was the thing I missed the most when I got back to society was that everything else starts to impinge on what otherwise can be a very simple existence. On top of which, of course, there's an immense feeling of satisfaction to doing something like that. Worst bit? The weather. I mean, <laughs> you know, this this race could have been a lot more enjoyable when you're running it if the weather had been a little bit better. Mm-hmm. And I think the dropout rate showed this year. You know, normally the dropout rate's around 38%, mm-hmm. 62% complete this year dropout rate was 62% and 38% completed. And the race organisers put that totally down to the weather. It was so bad that volunteers who were up there to run the race were quitting. Mm-hmm. That's how bad the weather was this year. Would you recommend it? Oh, mate, it is the best race I've ever done, mm-hmm. without question. And of course, you could say, well, you can't compare it to the races and you're right, you can't. But that doesn't stop it being no, no. the best thing I have ever done. Yeah. It was amazing. Absolutely amazing but what i would say i don't think this race is for everyone 
And I think you need to go into it with your eyes very wide open and with a really good set of training behind you. And if you can't do that, I'm not sure I would recommend it for people because I'd hate for people to spend £1,800 and be really disappointed. Yeah. So I think your average mid-pack runner can absolutely complete this, but you've got to, you've got to be trained ready for it. You can't just wander into this race. Yeah. And would you do it again? No. <laughs> Because, Which isn't unusual for us when we're no, doing this. No, and I wouldn't. Why? Well, because there's lots of other races to do, right? Yeah. I mean, I, uh, I could do try and do. Well, I could do Dragons Back. I could try and do Dragons Back or another or rear race. But there's lots of other things to do. Yeah. And I've been back to Cape Roth since the race and hiked five days on the trail, and it was just as amazing. But I don't think I'd go back and do the racing again because I've done the race and yeah, I achieved yeah. it and did achieve yeah. the time I wanted to achieve. Yeah. So why go back? But I can understand why people do do it multiple times um, because it is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Absolutely amazing. I can see from, you know, that it, be, it could be a race that people get addicted to if it suits your style and everything. Yeah, I think so. Before we finish, can I just say a huge thank you to all the people that I shared a tent with who were, as I said, universally supportive. All the people who took the time to be interviewed for the podcast but on top of those who i've mentioned and who've been interviewed there were a couple of others pip david and alessio who i'd see a lot while i was running and were all really supportive and so i want to put a big shout out to them i'd like to thank all the volunteers and team maria and of course i'd love to thank all the other racers and finally out to my friend mark uh, who messaged me without fail every single day with really positive comments i didn't <laughs> no you didn't but he did and he also recorded my finishing video every day because it was live streamed and would then send it to me so i want to really thank him as well mark you you're an absolute trooper and your message really meant a lot and and really helped me a lot while i was there so do you think <laughs> i was giving you motivation that's what i was the hard way <laughs> Anthony style motivation. <laughs> You'll get a nice message if you dig out a bit more. <laughs> no, not at all. And that's it. That's that's the Cape Roth Ultra. 250 miles. Absolutely amazing. What will I say to you when I'm going to do it? Just be prepared for shitty weather. Yeah. I asked Shane, the race director, uh, to describe Cape Roth Ultra in three words during the week. Now, he said to me, wet, wild and windy. That's not what he said in his race director's post-race brief. But that's what he said when he spoke to me. But I think we'll leave the last word, if we may, to the assistant race director, Graham. And here's what he said when I asked him to sum up the Cape Roth Ultra in three words. Thanks for listening to the episodes. If you're running the race in any year, the very best of luck. All right. Morning, Anthony. How are you Yeah, all right. From the podcast, could you give me Cape Roth Ultra, would you mind, in three words? Cape Roth Ultra in three words. Cold, wet and windy. And muddy. <laughs> Cheers, mate. Thank you. No Runners on trail.